0: Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. I'm your host, Stacy Lynn, and I'm really glad that you have decided to tune in into this episode. This episode, we're going to cover a couple of things. We're going to look at something Oprah Winfrey said recently. We're going to look at the latest news from the LGBT lobby. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, what's going on in the world of the mental health field. And I've uh, give you a book recommendation, and I'm going to encourage you first off with a reading from Psalm 144. I'm in the midst of, I just launched the Psalm 144 project. If you're on my email list, you can actually be a part of that. You can also follow us on our mobile app and the Heart Tug uh, International mobile app, which I hope you've downloaded, and you can get great content that's inside that app as well. And I want to just thank those of you out there who already are monthly supporters of our show and and just invite you to become a monthly supporter of us and and help support what we're doing here um, at the Heart Tug International. Um, You know, we've been banned on YouTube, and I can tell you that the reason we were banned is because I will not stop talking about those things that I have seen and heard to quote from the New Testament um, regarding the targeting of the kids. Okay, I mean that—that's just the bottom line. The bottom line is that there are a lot of ministries out there who haven't been banned yet. Um, it's because they're not—they're not really talking about the stuff that matters. Right here on this show on Bible News Radio, my heart and my goal is to put the Bible first. And then to share the bad news with you, and I have to tell you that it is—it's it's a struggle for me, honestly. Uh, over the years, you know, I've just been in, flooded and inundated with this stuff, and it's just—it just grieves my heart to such a deep degree that there is a famine for God's word in this country. And some of you might be going, "Oh no, there's not. You know, there's a church on every corner, blah blah." What I mean by this is that there's a there's a lack of hunger to really be in God's word. There's a lack of interest to really dig and see what God's word says about things. There's a lack of interest communicating with your Creator and praying. There's a lack of interest in healthy, honest, biblical discussion about what's going on, not only in the Word, but also in the world. You know, I sit here, and you know, and I've had so many people say, oh, you're, you know, you're a prophet, blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like the mantle of prophet. I don't like, I, I'm not a big fan of the gift of exhortation. But it is the gift that God has given me. And I know that. But he's also given me the gift of, um, well, compassion, I hope. You know, because I look at people and I think, man, I know what I struggle with. <laughs> I know that, you know, the prophets were rejected and people, you know, ignored them and and the prophets just went through it. I mean if you want to talk about depression, look at the prophets, right? Um, and I have to tell you and I'm just being honest here, I live day to day with feelings of sadness and not because I'm sad because of my life per se because I'm not. I'm actually I have a very good life with my husband. but I have a sadness that, Christianity in America and um, trying to wake people up to what's really going on is basically ignored. And, you know, I often feel overlooked, um, you know, and I get so sick and tired of the sensationalism and the hype and the misuse of marketing to market something that is just flat out, sensationally, and not even biblical in many cases. I've, I've seen this in the prophecy world. I've seen it in the publishing world. Um, over the last almost 20 years that I've been doing this, I have lost serious interest in, in the Christian media world because it's just full of crap. <laughs> to put it bluntly, people aren't really talking about the real things. People want eyes on their stuff. And, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I would love higher numbers. But, you know, the thing that bothers me is when I was writing about Christian persecution, and I did that almost 10 years, right? Um, I remember the feeling that I had then was that nobody cares. Nobody cares cares about what's going on in the world of Christian persecution and I'm going to tell you something it was a battle for me every single day to look at a topic that I couldn't get Christians to wake up to um, because it hasn't touched you right and today I look at the American church and the people that I've talked to many grandmothers you know different people and you know people don't want to get involved They'll want to gripe and complain, which is unbiblical, by the way, but they don't want to get involved in stopping it. And then the few of us out there who are out there actually trying to stop it, you know, we're the ones being persecuted, but we're also the ones being vilified, and that's part of the playbook, right? So I just have to ask you to pray for me because um, my husband and I, we, we are very modest people. And um, we believe the Lord called us to, to, to the work that we're doing. And we both love teaching the word, sharing the word, sharing, you know, what's going on in the world. Uh, but we're not, we're not your buttoned up, marketed people. That's just not who we are. We, we never will be. Uh, we came from humble means. We continue to live in humble means. And, and I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm not about the money, which, you know, I recently had somebody say, oh, that's part of your downfall. You need to be more about the money. I, I can't be. I can't. We need it to live, and I'm willing to do DoorDash if I have to make more money. Um, but I would ask those of you who tune in regularly to consider becoming a monthly donor to, a, to the show, because we need the help. And um, the five monthly donors that we currently have um, – I praise God for because they're covering the cost of the mobile app right now which is a couple hundred dollars a month so to those five I want to say thank you and just encourage the rest of you um, out there to consider a small donation a month if you can because it will help me to expand uh, because you know I've had so many people say well how come you're not here here and here and I'm like because it takes money 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 a lot of these people that you guys follow and I know who they are because you tell me and they're friends of mine they have pastors, they have teachers, they have they have churches behind them funding them. I don't. I'm a digital missionary, and I'm a faithful one. So if you like what we do, please consider donating to us, okay? All right, so let me read you Psalm 144, because that's what we're going to talk about first. And I really hope you don't fast forward through this part, because, you know, come on. We need to get the Bible here. Okay, so Psalm 144. 44 was recommended to me from a good friend of mine and I read this psalm and I really felt led to uh kind of make it a study to invite people to so if you're not on my bible news radio email list I would encourage you to go over to my website biblenewsradio.com join it get on the email list and for the next 15 days beginning today May 10th uh, I am going to be sending out a daily uh you know, scripture from this psalm, and we're going to go through it together. My goal here is because I really want you to slow down and meditate on a passage of scripture, and this actually blessed me so much. So this is a psalm of David, and it says this, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold, and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. O Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains that they may smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. Stretch forth your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hands of aliens, whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you, who gives salvation to kings who rescues David, his servant, from the evil sword. Rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens, whose mouth speaks deceit, and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Did you notice that that's been repeated there? Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants, and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned as for a palace. Let our garners be full Furnishing every kind of produce and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss Let there be no outcry in our streets How blessed are the people who are so situated? How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord? Can I get an amen? Because that's an awesome psalm There is a ton of blessing in this psalm uh, there's a ton of praise to the Lord, and you know you can really see David's heart here as he prays for rescue and prosperity. And I hope that encourages you, and I hope you become part of our uh, Psalm 144 challenge. By the way, I, I'm also updating my Instagram accounts, my my pickleball faith and Bible News Radio accounts daily with those things. So if you want to join us there, you can do that as well. And also, don't forget in our Heart Tug mobile app, uh, you can go in there and you can also get. Uh, push notifications sent to you and do that okay so check that out all right so those of you know I live here in middle Tennessee in the middle of Tennessee just just within an hour of at, of Nashville and not too long ago we had a shooting uh, here at Covenant School which killed six individuals three nine-year-old children and three adults who were in the prime of their life Audrey Hale was the woman who pretended to be a man, she was transgender, uh, who who came into the school and murdered these people in cold blood. And I'm just giving you an update because I want you to know that there, um, there still has not, the manifesto has not been released yet. Uh, in fact, there's lawsuits now uh, calling for it uh, because the government or or whoever it is, the authorities are not wanting to release it because they're claiming that it's so horrible and so diabolical that if it gets into the hands of the wrong people, that there could be even more um, tragedy as a result. Well, I call hogwash on this. Um, and so do a lot of other people who are following this particular issue. But as a result of that, we had the Tennessee Three um, decide to act out in the legislature. Uh, they, as you guys know, they, they, um, they were basically called out, disciplined. They didn't like it. Um, and basically, they're Black Liberation Theology proponents, which is Marxism, basically. Um, and the two Justins that are involved were recently praised by the good old Oprah Winfrey. And uh, Oprah Winfrey spoke at a, a TSU graduation uh, a couple days ago, and this is 2 minutes of her speech that I want you to hear. So here it is. Oprah Winfrey.
1: Miss the Storming of the Capitol and the Death of Civility. You're acutely aware that voting rights are being gutted, women's rights are being dismantled, books are being banned, history is being rewritten, the Supreme Court is being corrupted, the debt ceiling is being held hostage, the climate is changing, the LGBTQ community, LGBT plus community is under attack, the Cold War is back, the leaders are behaving like children, the children are being gunned down by military grade assault rifles. We live on a planet where there is more than enough wrong to keep you busy trying to make things right for the rest of your natural life. And unfortunately, you're going to encounter people who will insist that it's not actually possible to make any real difference. But I believe Tennessee has a couple of Justins, just a few miles from here, who would respectfully disagree. Representatives like Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson are using their lives to prove the cynics wrong. And they're building on the legacy of giants. Mentors of mine, like John Lewis, whose fight for justice started right here in Nashville and who now speaks to us from eternity. Well, this is what I know for sure. There will never be anything in your life as fulfilling as making a difference in somebody else's everybody here wants to see you take your integrity your curiosity your creativity your guts and this newfound education of yours and use it to make a difference everybody always thinks you got to go do something big and grand i'll tell you where you start you start by being good to at least one other person every single day.
0: Just start there. You've witnessed. So that was Oprah Winfrey, of course. You know, everybody knows who she is. She's a self made billionaire, as we all know. Um, but what I will tell you is that she is, one thing that I know for sure is that she is flat out wrong, 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 and wrong on everything that she says and the reason she believes what she believes because the woman is not biblical. She's a new ager. She's a spirit. She's into, you know, spiritism and things like that. Um, And she's advocating for black liberation theology. She claims that it was the guns that killed people. The woman is is completely deceived. And um, I say that wholeheartedly with a million percent confidence that she's completely deceived because even though, you know, her definition of good is God's definition of evil. Okay. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, she advocates for everything that God calls an abomination and she's supporting these two black, uh, legislators in our, in Tennessee here, uh, because she's a racist, number one, um, and number two, because she holds to black liberation, Marxism, theology. Okay, I mean, it is what it is. But you get this type of rhetoric that comes from the mainstream media. And people who don't go to the places I go on the internet and don't understand what's going on, don't understand that they're advocating for Marxism. And that goes against everything that God ordained. Right. So I just thought I'd let you hear that piece because, um, you know, it, you know, she, she's advocating for something that, um, is ignorance on fire. So now let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the LGBT lobby. I, I want to let you know, there's an article today is May 10th as I record this. There's an article over on the BBC website, BBC news. It's titled Bristol teenage transgender woman Bristol transgender woman read fake woman um, read man jailed for rape and here's what this article says a transgender woman read fake woman read man has been jailed after being found guilty of rape Lexi Rose Crawford from Bristol has denied rape and assault by penetration, but was found guilty by a jury at Bristol Crown Court earlier. The 24-year-old was on license at the time of the attack, having recently been released from prison for a previous sex attack on a child. Judge Michael Longman described this attack as shocking as he jailed Crawford for nine years. The court heard how Crawford had taken a PlayStation to the victim's house in order to play computer games, but Crawford started to make sexual advances on the victim, who refused and told her, read him, stop, I don't want this. However, Crawford continued and went on to rape the victim, the court was told. In an impact statement read in court the victim who cannot be named for for legal reasons said the attack had led to her attempting to take her own life the court was told the victim had to spend time in hospital as a result of the impact the attack had on her mental health crawford previously known as dominic risden read his real name dominic risden had claimed during the trial that she had blacked out during the attack and had no memory of it, but Judge Longman told her in the court that was not relevant because what happened happened. Defending Charlie Patterson asked the judge defending defending Charlie Patterson asked the judge to take Crawford's age, traumatic childhood, and mental health issues into account. Patterson said, "In an apparent lack of remorse, was not the case." She said, "The absence of I did this." is not absence of remorse. She is remorseful about what happened. She accepts the verdict of the jury and knows she must be punished. The Ministry of Justice said the decision to hold Crawford in a men's prison was in line with their policy that transgender prisoners who have committed sexual offenses may not be held in women's prisons. So we can thank God for that one, that this man is actually going to be sent to a male prison, um, where I'm sure he won't be treated really kindly. But. Just so you know, I share this with you because one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of these transgenders uh, who are the activists, um, they have pedophilia, they have sexual offenses in their background, and they are out there hiding behind this thing now because it's all the rage to go woke and to, you know, if you're a girl, say you're a guy, and if you're a guy, say you're a girl. And all this other stuff. And, and I just, you know, I have to tell you that just this morning I was reading in Deuteronomy. And I was, I was reading through the law there. And it was interesting because I was reading that a, a man should not wear women's clothes. And a woman should not wear man's clothes. And I kept thinking to myself as I was reading this, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And Satan has done this before. It was a warning to Israel. The, Jewish, the Jews were warned, so there's clearly issues back then. And here we are today. The world has gone crazy and is doing this. So, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that this man is, is going to jail. He needs to go to jail. He needs to spend a lot of time in prison for the crimes that he committed. And I feel sad for the person he raped because now she has a lifelong sentence of trauma Um, that's going to impact her throughout the rest of her life. So there you go. Another victim of the transgender movement. Speaking of that too, I have to tell you that on the Federalist um, website, thefederalist.com, there's a new article. It's titled titled, The Next Frontier for the Hypersexualized Left. What do you think it is? All right, if you said normalizing pedophilia, you would be exactly right. This was published today as well, May 10th, 2023, written by Jane Robbins, and this is what it says. It says, in its lust to destroy every taboo about sexual behavior, the left is never satiated. Next up, acceptance of pedophilia. As the Federalist has recently reported, it's becoming increasingly clear that the left is pushing toward social and legal approval of pedophilia. A failed effort in the Minnesota legislature to extend state law protection to pedophilia as a sexual orientation should remove any doubt about where we're headed. By the way, I would tell you, uh, before I continue reading with this article, I will tell you, it's my understanding that in the current Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that if a client comes in and they say that they're a minor attracted person, a.k.a. a pedophile, or a youth-attracted person, a YAP, a MAP or a YAP, unless it bothers them, they cannot be diagnosed that way. So if you have a guy or a woman come in who says this, they're, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, this is my orientation. I'm attracted to, you know, I'm a youth-attracted person or I'm a minor-attracted person, um, and I'm okay with it. Then the clinician cannot diagnose that person with that disorder. Not that it's a disorder because it's not. It's, it's a, but, you know, the pedophiles... By and large, don't recover, and just ask anybody that's ever worked with them or known them. But anyway, let's go on with the article here, it says, predatory adults apparently recognize the political problem inherent in protecting, quote, the rights of pedophiles. So they also cloak their efforts in the language of rights and needs and health of minor children. The most recent evidence of this goal comes from the International Commission of Jurists which joined two UN agencies to issue a a report advocating that all consensual, and that's in quotes, sex between adults and minors be decriminalized. From principle 16, here's the thing, consensual sexual conduct. Consensual sexual conduct, conduct, irrespective of the type of sexual activity, the sex slash gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression of the people involved or their marital status may not be criminalized in any circumstances. Okay, I'm reading this. Ellipsis. With respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Moreover, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacities of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them unquote. Nambla's, the North American Man-Boy Love Association, their old mantra used to be sex before the age of eight, or it's too late. They're trying to make that even lower and lower. The article continues to say, the end game of normalizing pedophilia has been hinted at for some time. A critical step, as always, is to distort language. Pedophile has become minor attracted person, MAP, which certainly takes the edge off. TED Talkers insist that maps should not be stigmatized for their attractions as long as they exercise self-control around children, a talent for which pedophiles are not famous. These and other, quote, experts and Minnesota legislatures describe pedophilia as a sexual orientation to be protected under state non-discrimination law. By the way, I will tell you that I covered this uh, over a decade ago. There's a website called Before You Act. It's the letter four, the number, the, I mean, the, the letter B, the number four, the letter U, act.org. You can go there. They've actually changed the site since I started covering it years ago. But this is nothing new. They're using the same playbook um, and all this. Anyway, this goes on to say the left always plays the long game. And, and this one is no exception. Acceptance of pedophilia can be traced to the monstrous Dr. Alfred Kinsey an entomologist by training who branched out into the study of human sexuality, supposedly in response to student questions about sex and marriage. By the way, all these things are linked in this article over at thefederalist.com. Actually, though, as his subsequent work proved, Kinsey had a special interest in perversion. His groundbreaking, quote, research on sexual behavior included extensive observation of infant responses to sexual stimuli, if not a pedophile himself, views differ. He collaborated for years with at least one pedophile who meticulously cataloged his abuse of hundreds of children from 1917 to 1948, the infamous Children of Table 34. And that's linked. If you want to know more about that, you can look And I would also recommend to you the work of the the late Dr. Judith Reisman, who was an expert on Alfred Kinsey and his perversion. He was actually a homosexual and a pedophile. The article goes on to say, So Kinsey and his criminal collaborations laid the foundation for sexualizing children. Based on his pedophile studies, he, he famously concluded that children are sexual beings from birth and therefore not harmed by sexual activity, even as infants. The only harm, he opined, comes from other adults' revulsion at the practice. So we should remain calm and let adults fulfill babies' sexual needs. Okay, if you're barfing at this point in listening to this, I'm glad, because you should be. Um, I will tell you that infant rape is a very popular thing in pornography. Um, and and um, if you... Don't feel outraged about that, then I'm I, I, I fear for you because all you got to do is look at a baby, a cute little innocent baby, and know that some horrific evil human being is does that to children. Um, yeah. <sighs> Article goes on to say organizations that advance the agenda of the global left soon adopted Kinsey's sexual from birth vision. The the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, also known as UNESCO, embraces the idea that all human beings are sexual and concludes from this that children have sexual rights that trump the rights of parents to protect their innocence. To which you got to say, okay, um, yeah. So they advocate by just reading that, clearly incest is is okay with these people. Not to be outdone, the 1989 Convention on the Rights of the Child, not ratified by the U.S., but but give Biden time, this is in the article, holds that children have rights, regardless of parental consent, to access information and medical, quote, services concerning sexual and reproductive health. The globally influential International Planned Parenthood, Foundation includes even prostitution, among the concepts that should be taught to children under 10, since kids are sexual from birth. Sexual activity may be part of different types of relationships, including dating, marriage, or commercial sex work, among others. This kind of information, called comprehensive sex education, is an effective, widely used tool for obliterating childhood and, yes, grooming kids for increased and buried sexual activity. Comprehensive sex education advocates insist that practically any form of sexual activity can be normal and healthy if accompanied by the consent of the parties, contraception, and condoms. CSE, which is comprehensive sex education, it is claimed gives young people the tools they need to enjoy healthy sex lives. Mind you, people that a person's brain doesn't fully develop until they're 25 years old. And seriously, people, I mean, this is this is an abomination. Parents who object that there's no such thing as a healthy sex life for a minor, minor child are dis- dismissed as non-experts who are failing to meet their children's needs. But many pushers of this ideology aren't interested in what's good for kids, only what's good for adults. Consider the economic motive alone. Recalcitrant parents threaten the profits of organizations such as Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest provider of sex education, which not coincidentally also provides abortions and STD treatments to kids who take seriously the school's blessing of their sexual exploration. But financial reward from the school-to-clinic pipeline is only one benefit for self-interested adults. Who else might favor having a pool of young people who learned In school, that any and every sexual behavior is normal and acceptable, the left's preeminent condition of consent is no obstacle to the smooth-talking predator who specializes in persuasion. A school curriculum that desensitizes a vulnerable child to apparent or actually aberrant sexual concepts does half the predator's work for him. Consider other situations that can only be described as grooming. In schools and other public places, children are made accessible to overweight men made up in a grotesque caricature of women, supposedly to offer a platform for children to learn to be their boldest, brightest, and most beautiful selves. In reality, of course, exposing children to drag queens normalizes the fetish and attempts to overcome kids' natural resistance to the deeply perverse and demonic. The same can be said of providing pornography to children in school libraries. As only one of many examples, a book such as It's Perfectly Normal would prompt a jail sentence for any trench-coated creep who showed it to your child at the park. But school librarians apparently agree with the author's argument that the book's explicit images of a panoply of sexual practices are what every child has a right to know. It's all about children's rights, you see, not the adults who benefit from their desensitization. And by the way, this is, you know, if you've listened to me for a long time, you already know that the book After the Ball, that's, you know, the desensitization is part of the plan here, right? I mean, these people are preying on innocent babies who whose brains are not fully developed, um, and, and they're doing it because they're wicked, evil, rotten, horrible people. Some CSE, this is the curriculum. Advocates push for, quote, porn literacy so that children can better evaluate the pornography they see either in their school libraries or on their school-provided digital devices. There seems to be little concern among sex-positive educators that pornography warps a child's developing brain. And again, what adults potentially benefit from the damage? So we come to the cause du jour, which is allowing children to choose their sex and pretend to change it at will. The trans industry insists that minor children, even as infants and toddlers, and even from the womb, know if their body is the wrong sex, misleadingly called gender, and that they must be allowed to dictate the world's response to their secret knowledge. And they are entitled to what they want, regardless of parental objections, backed by the full power of the state. In some places, parents have already been stripped of parental rights for refusing to affirm their child's delusion. See here and here, there's some examples. In California, pending legislation, obviously aimed at trans-independence, would allow children as young as 12 to leave their homes and enter a state-funded group home without their parents' consent or even knowledge, which, oh, The argument that a child understands all about his sex regardless of his age fits nicely with Kinsey's claim. Amplified by leftist organizations over the years that children are sexual from birth. And if a child is considered sufficiently mature to define his sex, why wouldn't he also be considered mature enough to agree to sexual activity? The International Commission of Jurists finds the logic unassailable. Children can consent to have sex with adults and the law should not interfere. In its lust to destroy every taboo about sexual behavior, the left is never satiated. It's a shark, always swimming, always devouring, moving from one target to another, while the first is still being digested. It's not possible to compromise or find common ground with sexual radicals. Having toppled so many standards of sexual decency in such a breathtaking time frame, the left continues its relentless assault. Will pedophilia be the final frontier? By the way, Jane Robbins, who wrote this, is an attorney, a retired senior fellow with the American Principles Project in Washington, D.C. Um, and I, I will tell you that this is very well written. She knows what she's talking about. And I will tell you, you know, I had a, I have a friend in graduate school that I love and, and know. And um, many years ago, her and I were talking about the homosexual lobby and she's a conservative catholic and she she was telling me oh yeah you know i'm a, i'm okay with the lgbt lobby and all this other stuff and and i said really because you know you're you're pretty bright you know and and um it was you know not so many years ago you know in our early youth because we're both the same age um i said this used to be considered a mental disorder according to the field right and she's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm okay with it. I know gay people, and there's blah, blah. You know, there's nothing wrong, etc." And I said to her, I said, okay, watch what happens with pedophilia. I said, do you advocate, you know, for pedophilia? And she's like, no, of course not. I go, well, you just watch. You watch. That's exactly where they're going with this. And I will tell you that um, it's not just going to be pedophilia. It's also going to be bestiality, which they're calling other things these days. Um, And so what is the role of a Christian, right? How, How should we as followers of Christ respond to this? Because I'm going to tell you something. It's in your face whether you want it to be or not. And I will tell you, and I guarantee you, mark my words, that they will do what they can to promote this in the media as well. They they're already they've already gone mainstream with the language. It's taken ten years. I've watched this for a while. It's actually taken ten years, at least ten years, to get it to the place where maps and yaps is part of the vernacular of this um, of this left here. And you know it's it's tragic. And you talk to any therapist or anybody who's actually been sexually abused by an adult when they were a child. Um, And I can tell you the impact, because I know this personally, uh, is life-changing, and it's traumatic, and these people don't care. And they're doing a couple of different things. They're targeting not only the age of consent for the kid, but they're taking away parental rights. So if you're a Christian and you oppose this, what they want to do is they want to pass laws that silence you, ultimately bringing you to a place of being persecuted. For protecting kids right so Bible News Radio was thrown off YouTube why because we talked about this issue because we kept exposing the transgender lobby we've done this for years as you know and um, and I know that there are still people listening to this show who are still d- figuring out ways to target us um, and I can tell you right now that I will go to my grave or the rapture whatever happens first And I will not be silent about standing up and protecting kids. Um, This is strictly straight from the pit of hell. And, uh, you know, and unless more Christians get bold and start talking about it and exposing it and standing up and protecting kids, it's just going to get worse and worse. My friend Linda Harvey uh, from Mission America, you know, she's been covering this just as long as I have. We met many, well, almost 20 years ago. And she has a brand new article. I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but you can go over to her website, missionamerica.com, and read it. But it's titled, The LGBTQ Product American Kids Are Buying and How to Stop It. So I'm going to read part of this. It says here, your child attending public school in the U.S. now has a one in four chance of declaring an LGBTQ identity before the end of high school. Do you see a problem with that? Perhaps you, like many Americans, accept the notion that some people are born homosexual or born in the wrong sex body, and that these identities, behaviors, carry no inherent risks. How about bisexual? Is that inborn also? And gender queer or non binary? Are those also genetically determined? Actually the answer is no to any to all of that. If even a small part of you resists this notion and doubts the conclusion that 25% of our population is not heterosexual and biologically male or female, then I ask you to read on and help me consider what we can do to change this deception. First, let's look at the background and research. The latest report from the Youth Risk Behavior Survey conducted by the Centers for Disease Control presents a disastrous picture. By the way, the Centers for Disease Control is not part of the vast right-wing conspiracy, just so you know. And by the way, I quoted the Center for Disease Control on Twitter and was actually banned on Twitter for quoting them, by the way. Anyway, Linda goes on to say, It's a survey of over 17,000 people, 9th to 12th graders conducted every two years. The 2021 YRBS results are the latest released, and they reveal that nearly 25% of these high schoolers now claim to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, or unsure. 25%. Just for comparison purposes, the percentage of these identities in the 2015 survey was 11.2%. So the percentage more than doubled in the six years between the two surveys. That's astounding if you think about it. The transgender option was not a question, so those students drawn to this identity would probably be an additional 1% or so. Ungodly, child-unfriendly voices in our culture and our schools can congratulate themselves for doing such a good job selling LGBTQ to our youth. It's an enormous tragedy, and we cannot yet know the extent of the damage to these young lives. Too many of our kids are unfortunately buying what the radical left is selling all right and i'm not going to read the rest here um I, but i do want to get down to because this is a long article i do want to get down to the 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 part where linda gives some steps here this is what she said she says we stop selling it here's what we can do number one and support parental rights legislation all of florida in your state to get lgbtq sales messages student clubs, lessons, pride flags, obscene books, and LGBTQ promoting sex ed out of K through 12 schools. Okay, so that's one thing. Sponsor and support parental rights legislation. Two, pass measures at your local school board level to return language about gender and sexuality to reason and sanity. This includes removing pronoun tyranny, the mandated use of invented pronouns and names for students and staff. By the way, I don't know about you, but it drives me crazy. When I take a survey or I take, I go on LinkedIn or you can go on Facebook, any social media, you can go in there and you can declare your pronouns. It's insane, completely insane. And, and, and you know, part of fighting back is to not accept that. You know, pure and simple. Number three, prohibit teacher training programs that, provo- that promote LGBTQ behavior. Four. Urge state lawmakers to pass bills banning gender medical treatment for minor children and to hold schools' teachers accountable for counseling children behind their parents' backs. Unbelievable stuff. Number five, mandate a return to biologically based sports teams, restrooms and locker rooms in all schools. I know, imagine that. How weird would that be to actually go back to the 20th century when there was a boys' bathroom and a girls' bathroom? There was boys' sports and girls' sports. I mean, it's ridiculous. Number six, repeal school non-discrimination policies on sexual orientation and gender identity. They serve no genuine civil rights need. The people involved already have civil rights. They serve only as a sledgehammer to silence voices that warn against LGBT Q in schools. And lastly, number seven, Linda says, welcome ex-homosexual and ex-transgender voices to provide information to interested st- students or staff. Okay, so I want you guys to go over to missionamerica.com, and I want you to look up this article. It's called The LGBTQ Product American Kids Are Buying and How to Stop It. 25% of our kids, that's one in four, are buying into this, and there's nobody to protect these kids. And so, uh, especially, you know, if you're a grandparent, if you're somebody who has children and and you care about kids i want to encourage you to get yourself involved i mean the very first thing you can do honestly is just get educated so you know what's going on and then tell people and go to your bible studies and tell the old ladies in your bible study you know what you guys are grandmothers and oh i don't want to get involved but you know what i'm just going to tell you something and i mean this and i and i mean it i mean it in love Because I've said this before, I've said it privately, I'll say it publicly again. You know, I'm almost 55. I don't have children. God didn't bless me with kids. There's no reason for me to even care about this issue personally. I have no kid to protect. But you guys have kids. You guys have grandchildren. And somebody needs to speak out and protect these kids. You know, you talk about how awful society is. Well, (laughs) My generation, I used to think that my generation was, you know, we, we were the you know, I was born in the mid-sixties. So, you know, it's like I thought, well, I being raised on TV and being raised with parents that smoked and divorce was accessible and you know, and 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 the sexual liberation movement was active and all that. I mean that those were hard times, right? Now look at what children are being raised in, unless they're being raised and protected in a godly home. They are at risk being sexually abused. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what this is. This is sexual abuse on steroids. Nobody wants to talk about it, Uh, but I I have. I'll talk about it a lot because that's what it is. I I can tell you from my own personal abuse with the predator and my family who use Playboy magazine with me, and Penthouse magazine and Hustler magazine—all pornography magazines. The stuff in those magazines is exactly the same type of stuff being showed to kids in these books that they're claiming they need to see. For I mean, it's—and it took me decades to get rid of some of the stuff that I saw when I was a kid, when I was a child, exposed to this stuff. So I mean, they're legalizing sexual abuse to naive, impressionable kids. And they're raising a generation of sexually abused adults. I mean they're, chi- they're going to be children, but they're going to be traumatized adults. If you think that suicide is a problem now, you wait 20 years and see what the heck it's going to be. I mean, it's bad now, you know, and you know, it, it's just, it's just bad. So you as a grandparent or a grandmother, a grandfather, a godly one. <laughs> you need to be protecting your, your babies and you need to protect their friends if they don't have people like you to protect. And which brings me up to, to Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day is this Sunday coming up, um, in a couple of days. I don't know when you're listening to this, but you know, Mother's Day is a hard day for a lot of people. Um, and you know, um, I, I get so sick and tired, and, and this is just me, sorry, I'm going to vent here, but I look all over Christian ministries, and, and everybody's, you know, praising mothers, and, oh, the godly mother that you had, and you should do this, blah, blah, et cetera, yada, 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 and it's not that I'm opposed to godly mothers, I'm not, obviously, but there is a massive percentage of people in the world who had crappy, lousy mothers who hate mother's day and the reason why they hate mother's day myself included in this in this statistic is because their mothers abused them right and and i know some of you are like well why don't you just get over it you know get over the fact that your mom abused you well (laughs) it's kind of hard to do it's not an issue of getting over something it's, it's, for me, it's an issue of speaking out against it and saying, you know what, enough is enough. And I'm sick and tired of, you know, people who have been abused by their parents being told to shut up about it because, you know what, we have a right to expose what they did. And by us exposing what they did, that's actually healing for us because it gives us a voice that we never had before. Now, I'm a kid from the 70s, right? Basically, I was born in 68, but still. And I'm going to tell you, my voice was silenced for decades. And, um, you know, because somebody, you know, will talk about how abusive their parent was, doesn't mean they haven't forgiven them, doesn't mean that they haven't come to terms with it, but it's putting, a, it's it's shining a light on an area that, only secular people talk about, really, by and large. I mean, look, I'm very well educated. I'm especially educated in the Christian world, whether it's the psychology world or Christian media, and I'm gonna tell you the Christian world does not cover this issue, honestly, at all. Everybody puts a little band-aid scripture on stuff and you know, and forgive and do this and the and they completely miss the whole you know underlying radical issue that's at hand here, you know um and and what it will what it ultimately comes down to it comes down to to um cultural gaslighting really uh the church is a massive p- problem with that. the church is where so many predators are even in the church. My mom wasn't in the church, neither was my my perpetrator she she was one of those perpetrators but She didn't do it under the religion, right? But I know a lot of people who've been hurt in the church by their so-called Christian parents. And I know a lot of adults who are royally messed up because of it. And so you have these holidays, you know, where interestingly the, the woman, in case you don't know this, I've talked about this before, but the woman who came up with the idea of Mother's Day, she hated it when, um, when, um, the marketing people came and decided to market it to everybody. She never wanted it to be marketed the way that it currently is marketed. And so my point here is that that a lot of people didn't have that protective, godly Proverbs 31 woman, right? And if you're one of those, I just my heart goes out to you. Just want to tell you that. My heart goes out to you. If you had one of those cold, abusive, distant ungodly, evil mothers. Um, you're not alone. I just want you to know that. And and I want to invite you to email me if you've had that situation and just let me know. Just say, hey, you know what? My mom was one of those bad people. And I will pray for you. Now, on the other hand, if you're one of the blessed few, and I know some of you are blessed, and you had a godly mother, you know what? Praise God for that person and try to be like her. Okay? I mean, uh, but I will tell you also, I know quite a few Christian women uh, who had mothers, Christian mothers, who are Pollyanna, um, fake, plastic, always positive, like, oh, we can never say anything bad or evil because, you know, we can't express any negative emotion under the sun because then we're not godly. Everything has to be behind closed doors, blah, blah, whatever. And I mean, like to you, I am so sad for you because what you were raised with was a hypocrite, basically Um, because she was one thing behind closed doors while touting the flag of Christianity in public. Um, And that's awful to have as a mother. I mean, that's a bad, bad example. You know, the best example we can have, and I want to give honor to one particular woman, and I'm not going to say her name, and and if you think it's you afterwards, then so be it. Um, But I have one, 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 one very special woman in my life who not only has loved me and given me what what a real mother should have given me, but she has even gone to the lengths of risking, you know, some of herself for me that I'm in defending me and going to the mat for me in ways that I've never had any other woman do. And, you know, I look at that woman and I go, you know what? You might not be old enough to be my mom, but you have been a mom to me more than my mom ever was. And, you know, I give God glory and thanks for you because without you, I wouldn't be who I am today. So if you're like me and you happen to have a couple of those women in your life that you can give honor to, then go for it. (sighs) Some of you have moms who are great, but they're dead and you miss them. My heart goes out to you, both me and my mom. I mean, my mom's been dead for 21 years. My husband's mom's been dead a little bit longer than that. We get that, you know. And even if they were bad mothers, you still miss them, right? So my heart goes out to you there. But here's the other thing: spiritual motherhood. You know, I'm a spiritual mom, and you know what? I want to encourage you as people of faith to to bless somebody who has nurtured you spiritually. Why? Because it will really minister a lot to that person, right? I mean, it will thank you. And yes, there is a category of people, and I I don't fit into this category, even though people tell me I do. And that's those of you out there who are moms to animals, Um, (laughs) pet moms. Uh, Whereas, yes, I do refer to myself as a pet mother. I would not um, buy myself a card saying, hey, happy Mother's Day from my dog just saying that's just not me the only reason I say that is because my animals will not be able to take care of me in the end of my days just saying but if that's you then happy mother's day to you as well okay all right all right I want to um also draw your attention here to an article and I'm not going to read it but I just want you to know about it It's over on the Psychology Today website, if you go to psychologytoday.com, which is the secular website. There's actually a new article, it was posted today, May 10th, titled, Is There a Link Between Animated Pornography and Pedophilia? Animated pornography sometimes depicts childlike characters. And I'm just going to read you the key points, I'm not going to read you the article, you can go and read it for yourself. the key points of this article is animated pornography is a form of art that involves fantasy, sexuality, sometimes including childlike characters. Motives for consuming animated pornography appear to have more to do with escapism and fantasy situations than interest in children. And it appears unlikely that animated pornography has an effect on sexuality, but instead reflects pre-existing characteristics of the viewers. I'm not sure I agree with this article, but what I will say is that um, it is interesting that Psychology Today just posted this today, so you can go check that out. Lastly, I want to recommend a book to you. Last week when we talked, I was telling you about um, I was telling you about antidepressants and and my story of going off uh, psychotropic medications and and how we have all been lied to about this whole issue. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and, and I am one of the voices in the wilderness, you know, that's speaking out against psychotropic medication, which are all medications used for, quote, emotional disorders. Um, and I want to tell you about this book. It's called America Fooled. The truth about antidepressants, antipsychotics, and how we've been deceived. It's by Dr. Timothy Scott. In the subtitle here on the actual graphic, it shows Zoloft, Effexor, Cymbalta, Lexapro, Celexa, Paxil, Prozac, Lubbox, Wellbutrin, Remeron, Cerazone, Thorazine, Zyprexa, Seroquil, Risperdal, Geodon, Ambilify, Closer, or close a PAM, or something like that. Can't see the last part. Um, and it says here, it's by Dr. Timothy Scott. It says, Protect yourself, your family, and your friends. Over 1800 references to the scientific literature presented in an easy to understand language. So I just want you to know here's the, the, subtitle here it says discussing discusses the chemical imbalance theory the fda drug approval process and the influence of the pharmaceutical industry deceptive designs of drug studies long-term side effects of antidepressants and antipsychotics and how to achieve good mental health without drugs by the way this book goes it's um you can get it brand new for about 29 dollars and it's over 500 pages long or you can buy a used copy like i did for like two or three bucks Um, And check it out. So it's got 523 pages in it. This book was published in 2006. So it's a couple years old. Uh, But it doesn't mean that the literature in there is invalid. I think it's very valid. And it's really nice to see that somebody actually wrote a book exposing the lies that you have swallowed and I have swallowed because it was marketed to us. The marketing of evil is very well alive and well here uh, on planet Earth. So there you go. All right, so there you go. So if you've listened this far to the show, I'm glad. Um, I would love to hear some feedback from you. Feel free, you can email me at Stacy Harp, S-T-A-C-Y-H-A-R-P, at gmail.com. Email me there. Um, Give me your feedback. I love hearing your feedback, by the way. Um, Or if you're a friend of mine on social media, feel free to message me on social media. You can do that too. Don't forget to be part of the Psalm 144 Um, challenge, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Don't forget again, also download our Heart Tug International app. And if the Lord lays on your heart to donate to us, we are a nonprofit. You can donate right there through the app. Best place to give to us. All right. So I hope you have a good Mother's Day. Those of you who are listening to this before then, if you're listening to this after, I hope you had a good Mother's Day. And most importantly, I really pray and I hope that you draw near to the Lord And you draw nearer to him than you ever have because right now the days are dark and he is the light. So if you want to be in good mental health, become best friends with the Lord and you'll be just fine. Remember, you were born for such time as this, people. Be bold, stand up, and go with God, people, because he loves you.